0: Have this thought uh, about Nick Calathis. Like we we've talked a lot about free throws, and, and we had one separate topic about free throw routines, uh, shooting percentages. And I was just thinking one night: is there any sense for for uh, the opposing team, like when it's a close game, you have two or three minutes left, you're playing Fenerbahce to just do a hack a Nick? Like nobody's doing it in Europe why not monaco
1: tried to do hack and nick uh, in the last possessions of the game of anarbacha but i think that somebody missed that situation and nick passed the ball so he
0: avoided okay. hack situation i mean it's like s- even in the middle of the fourth quarter for example like but if, if this is a great I- if you take thought, hack a actually. shack it's been used like in the third quarter when the team is down by 15 and they want to stop the los angeles lakers doing a run they go hack a shack Uh, And in this case, I'm just talking about the fourth quarter, like you're down by five. So you hack a nick and then Itoudis either lives with Kalaitis shooting free throws, being a 40% free throw shooter, or you take the best passer in Europe out of the game. So I'm, I'm not sure why nobody's doing it. I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense to you guys. I think that I Alba, I don't know if they're playing Alba, but
1: they tend to do some
0: <laughs> the things team, like that. The
1: team that is most likely yeah. to have but some... Uh,
0: Alba these d- days doesn't get close in the fourth quarter. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's the so point. True. Yeah.
1: I mean, Nick is only 8 of 22. So exactly. 36% like, free throw I'm shooting. If I'm fouling
0: him, of course, I need to be in the bonus and I probably wouldn't want my key players taking personal fouls. And I need to uh, have a guy for 11, that 12. for that mission for example to to just do hack a nick and if i do it like three possessions in a row and he makes like one out of six or like even two, even two out of six I mean, that's huge so that's a huge change in the in the momentum and it is then has to make a decision does he want to live with this does he want to take the best passer in the game out of the court
2: not only the best passer you know great defender Exactly, team, you know, guy who orchestrates the offense.
0: Exactly. So, I just hope I hope teams are listening. How <laughs> oh, they just played the Alba, actually. So, and I know if one team will do it and it will be successful, then Fenerbahče will be prepared for this. Mm. Nikolaitis would be prepared for this mentally, and for the others, it would be difficult to do it as successfully. But at least once, somebody or for the playoffs, for for instance.
1: Make
2: that yeah, I know. he just yeah. that yeah, it's just. Change. I think in Europe, it's a lot of um, pieces that ha, that you have, you have to uh, play the 11th or 12th guy. You have to let him in, so he has to play also in the offense, and then he has to foul as well. I mean, maybe in the NBA that's why it is easier. Also, also plus there is six fouls there, so you know. I they, think
0: NBA did some adjustments to their rules because because of the Hack-a-Shaq. Because back in the day, you could foul a player that was wasn't in an active play. Yeah. So like Shaq didn't even 30, have the ball. 30 yeah, meters it, away exactly. from him. Exactly, Shaq there. didn't even have the ball. There's some San Antonio Spurs guy approaching him and he just grabs him and that's a foul. Plastic. And Shaq goes to the line. And Gr- Coach Popovich did this numerous times. And eventually I believe NBA had some adjustments to their rules. Like if you foul on purpose a player that is not in an active play, mm. it's an automatic technical foul, the, the team keeps the possession and that he has
2: to have the ball in his hands. Yeah,
0: basically he has to have the ball in his hands or he or he has to be like in a pick and roll sequence mm. close to the ball. Like he's the screener Impacting and he's rolling play. and you like grabbing yeah. his shirt. That's a foul. That's he, go, he goes to the line, but he's in an active play. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not sure in Europe we do have the rule about the inbounding. inbounding yeah. Fouling the player on the court while the ball is still out of bounds, ready with the inbounder, uh, yeah. but but about fouling a guy that's not in an active play. But do we have that? I mean, Nick's just, you just do have to avoid the the ball like. His hands, so yeah, it's yeah Nick has the ball in his hands. So it's easier to foulish Shaq. You just have to avoid the unsportsmanlike
2: foul, which which is obvious. Mm. But I remember this. Uh, you t- you said you mentioned the Spurs doing that to Shaq all the time. Yeah, and then after when he switched teams, and um, I think he was in the in the phoenix at the moment and uh, <laughs> Man, they did it the great yeah <laughs> they did it in the first and and Shaq was like Yo, what the fuck is going on and he turns to Greg Popovich and Popovich has the <laughs> biggest smile on his face on like the, yeah <laughs> That's yeah they were 11 minutes and 57 seconds in in the first quarter left and you know Shaq's going
0: trolling Shaq I yeah. remember that yeah so now we
1: will see which coaching staff is actually listening to this podcast. Because as soon as, <laughs> as soon as we no, will notice some hack and Nick situations will before, be playing it next. will be clear. Yeah, who who are following us? Who knows when they're you know? I mean, could play at home.
2: What about the games that have, that have been postponed? Yeah, uh, that's
0: that's an issue, of course. And first of all, we should start with yeah. with uh, a huge support to all the people uh, that suffered from the earthquake and. T- Turkey and Syria, I mean, that's just shocking. And, uh, also shout out to all the people doing a lot, uh, supporting everybody, like sh- what Shane Larkin does with his Indeed. foundation. And yeah, it's just a tough moment and just prayers and condolences go to all the victims of this horrible earthquake, a tragedy.
1: Yeah. This is Q&A podcast, guys, Uh, but what's unique about this one is that the entire episode will be public. One of the main reasons is also behind that. uh, We're actually recording this pod on February 10th before Friday's game, so we hope that there won't be like any 50 plus point games uh, this evening. Uh, I will be on a, a road trip, so we just wanted to do some content in in advance for you to to enjoy the podcast and at at the same time to feel what our Q&A sessions are all about uh, because the entire episodes are available only for Beyond Plus members that you can become on basketnews.com. By the way, we have some great offers at the moment uh, for you to join our community and to get some extra content, including Q&A episodes, which we do every two weeks, additional augusta's uh, breakdowns some opinion articles and some great community that we have on WhatsApp uh, chat so let's give a credit to our all star and gm uh, subscribers uh, Paulus Tinteris, Hoofman, Christos poketis gabrielo serva audition 11 luka sucevic uh, Jonut, Georgescu. and thanks for our 100 beyond plus members that we have uh, at the moment and who help us to create more content, to, to visit your league destinations, to visit other destinations, to create more content for you guys, uh, to enjoy and to feel uh, European basketball as as best as possible. Uh, by the way, a couple of news. Uh, next week, I think we will have our first BN Retro episodes published. I saw raw material. We're still trying to make some cuts because even from raw material, it's about 40-minute content. So we have to cut it to make it at least up to 30 minutes or around 20 minutes. Uh, so I think it might be also another interesting angle of uh, European uh, basketball uh, coverage. And yeah, we can start with the questions. As always, BM Plus members has the priority. So we will start from their questions and we will try to answer as many questions as possible uh, due to time limitations. So let's start with Vasco. Uh hello, here are my questions. After this NBA trade deadline, what's your what's for you the favorite teams to clinch the finals and win it? Do you think the Mavericks gamble has any shots at it after the conference finals last year?
0: Uh no, I don't believe in the Dallas Mavericks, honestly. Uh to me their trade is mainly about whether they want to commit to Kyrie Irving or not. If they sign a long-term extension, then obviously they're trying to build on that. And this second part of the season will be dedicated towards Luca and Kyrie creating some sort of a bond. Uh, Yeah, they should be in the playoffs. They will be competitive, but I mean, the Western conference right now looks so unpredictable and so crazy. It's so hard to say who's going to win it after what Phoenix did the west got stacked Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly I love CJ
2: McCollum's tweet uh, saying you know this all happened because Jamaran said he's good in the west yeah (laughs) he had no problems with the west but all of a sudden the east was like you know did not change much and and the
0: west is now who knows Mm -hmm. what's going to happen so Phoenix if if everyone's healthy they're a scary team honestly you have a starting lineup with CP3 Devin Booker KD KD Cam Johnson probably and Deion Waiton. Cam was w- wasn't he traded uh, in who, in who, who, that deal? They,
2: they gave all the yeah all they, the three and D wings.
0: So who who would be their starter? I think yeah, he was uh,
1: traded. Wa- Warren. Uh, yeah, uh, I saw Warren on some. you Warren, uh, Warren some is was, was, was was in the
0: trade package, right? So he he could. He be went a, to Phoenix. Yeah, he could be a starter anyway. Uh, you, sh- you should say it's a big four with CP3, Booker, mm-hmm. KD, and Aiton. If Ayton is committed, because so far this season he-, he seemed like he doesn't feel really appreciated in Phoenix, uh, maybe the change of ownership added some positivity towards that. And they're just trying to be contenders right now, because honestly, this season with all the injuries, it didn't look like Phoenix is a serious contender. And after the trade, when you when you bring KD, it's different. However, we have those health issues. Like KD is injured himself. Uh, CP3 had nagging injuries this season. Booker was out for a while. And who knows if everyone's healthy. Actually, I wouldn't sleep on the LA Clippers because they are a serious team. Probably they're doing some moves now to, mm. to sign Russell Westbrook because Probably. it looks like it. They traded John Wall, they traded Reggie Jackson, they cleared up a spot for a point guard, they added Eric Gordon, and uh, Russell Westbrook will be bought out of his contract, obviously, by, by the Utah Jazz. For sure. So, maybe Clippers are targeting him, and they will have a very physical team, obviously.
2: By the way, probably Tori Craig is going to Craig, Tory Craig. Exactly. To Yeah, starting, Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, forward. I forgot that I don't, Cam I don't, Johnson was true. I don't think T.J. Warren is going to start there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like the... I mean, I was buying into the hype with the Clippers uh, when Paul George signed and Kawhi, but I don't know, to me that team is not... Uh, doesn't have enough pieces to, you know, compete with uh, great teams like Phoenix. Or Denver, you know, Denver to me is still playing amazing basketball. And many are saying they don't have enough star power and, you know, maybe their defense is not good enough you know, for, for the playoffs. But um, I don't know. I, w- I want to see how this Phoenix uh, lineup works. Um, they have probably the most mid-range power that, you know, you can have in the NBA uh, in in all times, um, but if I had to pick a favor- a favorite to, to win an NBA, to me that's still um, two teams from the East. That's uh, Boston and Milwaukee. I mean, these teams have been already with these rosters um, in at that play playing in the highest level, and um, these are all new teams like like Phoenix, like Dallas. Uh, I really, I'm really intrigued by the Dallas project. I I don't think it's going to go to be, um, you know, just trying uh, to be, to see how it works Uh, with Kyrie and Luca there. um, I believe, you know, last year, Dallas already went to the Western Conference finals and Luca was alone there. I mean, he had better help than they have right now. Uh, But, you know, we all know that Luca has that, extra gear in the playoffs and basically when it's all about the matchups he is the ultimate nightmare matchup and right now I see teams double teaming Luka in the regular season just because how good he is like he's coming in in transition and they double team him at half court that's you know that's rare and and I'm not sure you can do that when you have now Kyrie uh,
0: they had Jalen Brunson last season and the way he was performing in the playoffs you could say that was on a superstar level, the numbers in the Utah series. They actually started the Utah series without, without Luka. Luka. And, and everyone
2: was saying, uh, oh, you know,
0: Dallas probably will lose, and yeah. then just Brunson happened. Brunson was actually instrumental. Uh, and the problem for Dallas, I believe, that when they had this trip to the Western Conference Finals last year, the West was not as scary as it is right now. and. If you look at the teams Mm -hmm. that they beat, yes, they beat Phoenix in seven, but there was no good chemistry in Phoenix at the time. You could sense that something's wrong with the team and with all the stories behind the scenes with the owner. Um, You could sense that this Phoenix team is not coming back to the NBA finals and they were really vulnerable and you could see that in, in the series right now. I mean, I agree with you about the East and I agree with you that in general, Boston Celtics looks like the best team in the league. And Jan is probably the best player in the league. If he has Chris Middleton, they can go far. They added Jay Crowder. It's a very good addition for them. Uh, similarly to when they added P.G. Tucker and eventually mm-hmm. uh, they went all the way. So, yeah, I agree. The East is, is kind of simple it's Boston, Milwaukee, and the close third Philadelphia. Th- Phil, yeah. Three but the teams. West is so unpredictable. I the don't. The West, you have
2: Denver, Memphis. Uh, Clippers, Sixers, Dallas Clippers, uh, Sixers and East. Oh yeah, I yes, mean sir. there are still Warriors. Yeah, in the exactly. Mix. They added, they you know retained Gary Payton, who was instrumental to their run.
0: Yeah, so A very good trade they did with James Wiseman. Actually, they got uh, draft picks, they cleared some cap space, uh, and and paying these luxur- luxury luxury tax- taxes and. Don't, not having any cap space for them was an issue re- in mm-hmm. the recent years because they couldn't have a good bench. And I think that's a smart trade. And for James Wiseman, maybe a different environment will be better for his own development. Uh, He's supposed to start, I saw, in Denver. In, so. in Detroit? In Detroit, yeah. In, in De- Detroit. Denver got Thomas Bryant as a backup center, which is also a good move. You want to have a solid second unit when Nikola Jokic is resting for his 12 or 14 minutes ten, during the game. Ten. Playoffs probably. But in the playoffs I don't bet on Denver just because I I don't trust uh their defense. I mean, mm-hmm. Jokic will get exposed in pick and roll coverage uh, obviously. It's happening in the regular season as well. And for Denver to be champions, I do believe they need a second superstar. That way I mean, they, Jamal Murray played like a superstar when he was healthy last time he was in the playoffs. Maybe that's that's a possibility. I don't rule it out completely, but if I'm like guessing who's going to win the West, I would favor Memphis, Phoenix and LA Clippers. Mm-hmm. Although Denver is a regular season machine when everyone's healthy they are obviously the best regular season team, but we know that Regular season is a different story. You're not even. We're not
2: even talking about you know the third seed Sacramento Kings. I don't <laughs> see them as style like contenders. That. Although making
0: the yeah. playoffs is already a good achievement for them.
1: Yeah, I checked how bookmakers feel uh, after the trade deadline, and they still consider Boston Celtics as the front runners to win the title. Suns made a biggest jump from the ninth position, I think, to the second one. Then they rank uh, Milwaukee Bucks as the third team to win the title. Then there's goes Nuggets, Clippers, and Sixers. So
0: that's their top six. And we didn't even mention Pelicans. With healthy Zion before his injury, they were top five team in the Mm -hmm. league. That is crazy. I mean, (laughs) the Western Conference is saying.
2: We're talking about like eight, nine teams who. Yeah. I Sounds mean like
0: up. we're talking about the EuroLeague title contention.
1: It's kind of the same. I, I,
0: I think that the Western Conference is so stacked; it, it has even more contenders than than EuroLeague, honestly. Yeah, could be, or at least the, the same amount of legit contenders to win the conference. And I'm just so happy about it because we we got so used to the idea that it's going to be Warriors versus LeBron in the finals, and we were living like that mm-hmm. for. How many years I'm not even, I'm not even sure. 4 uh, and LeBron winning the east for 10 <laughs> years or something that was crazy. like that. And I'm LeBron. I, du- I am the finals. <laughs> during the regular season like one year I remember Charles Barkley said before the season, "Okay, let's start this crazy ride and pretend for whole year that it's <laughs> not going to be Warriors versus LeBron <laughs> once LeBron again." James. And it was like this. You couldn't imagine any other team winning the Western Conference other than Warriors, mm. even before they signed KD. And now the landscape is so different. The Western Conference is so evenly matched. After this trade deadline, it's even crazier. So I'm just, i I'm just loving it. I believe that for some teams, the playoffs start now. Because obviously you LA want to, you want to avoid the play-in. In Lakers' case, you want to at least make the play-in. Although Lakers made some good moves I, I wanted to ask, improve the team, I wanted yeah. to ask
2: how do you feel about the trades because I mean obviously you know LeBron wanted Kyrie there but uh what they did is you know pre- like I mean I would say pretty good moves but compared to what happened uh with other teams in the west then you kind of you know
0: yeah we could have we could have done better but I agree I mean I think they made the moves to make them more, uh,
2: suitable players to play with LeBron. I mean, yeah, to be surrounded by
0: better shooters like Beasley is a good addition. You have Vanderbilt as a pretty solid, uh, defensive type of guy, Mm -hmm. very athletic player, uh, and D'Angelo Russell should be a better fit than Russell Westbrook was obviously, uh, before they made a trade for Rui Hachimura, which also also Mm -hmm. made sense. They wanted to add some size and physicality, so they made good moves. I'm not sure if Pat Beverly traded to Mo Bamba makes much difference. But in general, they made good moves, but probably it's too late. And they didn't add uh, any game changers like Kyrie Irving would be a game changer for sure. So Mm. at best, I see them in the play-in, but I don't put them in the contenders list. Honestly, I don't think They got better. They will have better spacing for sure. But you no. know with better spacing you, uh, there comes
2: problems in defense because you know they, they basically what they did is right now they sacrificed a little bit of defense for a little bit of more of shooting, you know mm. So it, it's going to be interesting to see they are two and a half games away from the plane and um, four and a half games from the sixth spot.
0: I don't see them in the sixth, honestly. at best they, they make it to the plane tournament. And I'm not saying they're not going to be in the playoffs, but I would be surprised if they make the playoffs and win a series. Because honestly, if you match the Lakers right now with any of those other teams that we've mentioned, I don't see them winning a best of seven. No way. Even if LeBron is putting up these numbers every single night. Mm. I mean, LeBron had LeBron just showed that if he decides to have 36, he will have 36. That's what happened on his record nine. I mean, it's not that difficult for him to get 36 if yeah. he is determined to do so. But they lost to OKC. They lost the game. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it was all about LeBron and, and Karim was in the building and so many celebrities and his family, his friends, and everybody celebrated LeBron. But yeah, they lost to OKC. They need wins now to make the play. That's true. And, and they just lost the game because they were not defending very well. And LeBron was scoring, fair enough. I mean, you knew uh, the way I saw, the
2: moment I saw how LeBron was dressed up, for the came <laughs> dressed up for the game, I was like, yeah,
1: it's about to go <laughs> down today. Nice. The record is about to go down today. We have LeBron question by Vasco. Who is the goat for you? Should we split the best career ever and the best player ever award, or you think we can't? Maybe you already answered this? Ah, okay, never mind. And thank you very much. Greetings from Portugal, everyone. Obrigado. Oh,
0: nice. I love Portugal so much. After last summer, I said to my girlfriend and she agreed that this is where I want to live. You've been to <laughs> Lisbon, <laughs> yeah. Porto? Uh, so far, to, I've, I've, I've been only to Lisbon and around. Uh, but I'm planning to visit Porto and, and other cities. Porto it's is amazing as well. as well. We had, yeah.
1: after wedding, we were planning a trip, but then COVID happened, so it changed I just loved planet. everything,
0: the people, the climate, uh, the food, everything was so perfect to me. And anyway, let's let's focus on yeah, the goat question. question about the goat. Well, we can focus on Portugal too. <laughs> 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 well, my honest uh, take about the goat discussion in every sport is that we should decide on who is the best in his era. It's unfair to compare players from the 80s with players that we have right now. I mean, if you watch any game from the 80s or even the 90s, you see that there's not that much talent. Uh, There's not too many players that can shoot the free. The basketball is different. The skill sets are different. And even comparing Michael Jordan to LeBron James doesn't make any sense. And when you try to compare players based on their titles, it also doesn't make any sense because you need to look at the context. I mean, LeBron James was always winning the E's, but he was always facing a team like Golden State Warriors. What could he do in some of those finals? I mean, people are always saying, look, Jordan didn't lose a final and and LeBron lost how many finals? But what could he do in these finals? Uh, uh, series, like against the Warriors, or when he was almost a teenager facing the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. He carried the Cavaliers team throughout the East, and then they were facing this scary monster built by Greg Popovich. What could he do? (laughs) Of course he lost those finals. So, I don't know. To me, LeBron is the best player of his era. I mean, the OOs, the 10s, the 20s still probably <laughs> two decades, <laughs> almost three. Well, That's two decades crazy. at least, right? We have Kobe, of course. Uh, a lot of people would say Kobe, and they wouldn't be wrong. I mean, Kobe and LeBron probably are the goats of these two eras. Then we have Michael Jordan as the obvious goat for 90s mm. and part of the 80s. And we have Magic. Then we have Bird. And I don't like saying like uh, putting statements like LeBron is better than MJ to me it it's, doesn't it's make silly sense. Like, to me
2: it's silly yeah i know that would that would gets uh, people going on social media and you know probably the most viral tweets uh, have been written in twitter history uh, where people are just comparing the titles and uh, making these meme a lot of different memes uh, by just comparing two players by different from from their each point of view like you take a random fact, and then it's like, oh, so if this random fact is in mm-hmm. MJ's favor, then MJ is the goat. But look, LeBron has done this and this, this, that. Like, yeah. you just post categories where LeBron is superior to MJ, and and, and say, oh, uh, so LeBron is better, and like, it just doesn't make sense for me to compare for me to compare these two players. Like, who is the goat? for for many For many parts, LeBron is superior like longevity longevity you know yeah uh, all around game stuff like that like mj played probably you know m- a more beautiful type of basketball you know uh the one you i personally would watch more often than lebron let's say you know because lebron is still lebron is right now the have the most points scored in the nba history at the same time being but one I of st- the best passers one of the best pack. He's fourth, the I think, four, yeah. in uh, in assists. But I still don't know. I mean, I know right now he's probably going to step back for a for a free pointer, you know, at the end of the game. But you still don't know his what what is his go to move, you know, like other players would used to have, and he's just you know using his uh, sheer power and, and athleticism to get to get to the rim, and that's you know, so so in that part, you know, yeah, MJ is to me just more beautiful to watch and and. Does this count to the GOAT conversation?
0: Like, you know, he has more titles and stuff like that. So, and when you also have all these bigs like Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan, where do you measure them? How do you rank them in in these discussions? Oh, it's,
2: it's for the big guys. It's even, you know, tougher because, you know, the, the argument that you have to be a ball handler probably to be, it's also
0: unfair. It's also because a different too, eras true. different eras had different players. Uh, at one point, Shaq was the most dominant player in true. the league and nobody could stop him. Uh, now we have a different type of era. The bigs are shooting freeze. Joel Embiid with his body in the 90s or 80s, he would play under the rim in physical battles. Right now, he does everything. So... Mm. To me, it's unfair, just, and also the argument. Once some people say that, uh, look, you put LeBron in the '90s and the '80s, he would dominate as well. There was not that much talent in the league. Fair, but can you imagine Larry Bird or Michael Jordan playing now these days with today's technology, medicine, um, training, and everything? They would be superstars, just as they were. Uh, they would probably uh, be even better than in they their were. years. Yeah, for sure. So.
2: That's that's why I uh, enjoy you know um, comparing uh, you know if, if let's say let's say who had a better career MJ or LeBron probably choose LeBron
1: right at this point like just thinking that he'll have additional two years but it depends on who you count as a better career yeah. somebody counts titles
0: uh, as the best
1: indicator was the good career to but me honestly somebody else counts this record all time
0: scoring I'm sorry to interrupt but to answer the question who had a better career I would say, MJ, if Washington didn't happen. Mm. Because what can be better than finishing your career with a game-winning shot in the yeah. NBA Finals? But
1: Iconic. then
0: Washington happened. It does probably it, was a mistake. But does then it take you have away LeBron playing
1: in, for Lakers, losing, losing Lakers in the last few of his but last you know, seasons. He, and, so.
2: But he's still uh, chasing and making these records. He's but still relevant, the that's time. the thing, he's still relevant. Yeah.
1: The league, yeah, but these records. I mean, He's the scoring. game is so different, scoring pace is so different that a lot of people That's put true. this as an argument that oh, he became an all time scorer, so he has another, you know, advantage over MG. But the scoring pace, the game itself, the style of the play, yeah, the amount of three pointers that were made in, in those years, I mean, it it, it helped them, uh, to, to, to come on the top, sure, but, a, but, lot more but you f- know, a lot more
0: freeze, but still. But you know, honestly, if you put LeBron right now on 30, a better 30 team, 30 it would be a contender per game. And how many years it took to to break Kareem's record? Like, forty years, I believe. So and now they it,
2: said that they said you know, everyone said that this record is
0: uh, untouchable. Can, yeah, untouchable. Now it will probably take forty more years to break LeBron's career because uh, LeBron's record. I think there somebody I mean, counting sc- counten- that
1: Luka, is- Luka Doncic might be. Uh, he's yeah. on the pace to break the record. But if he playing L- until thirty six, I don't see him also That's being true. having this longevity. You, as LeBron you, you have to play
0: probably until thirty eight. And know, for in LeBron's case, it helps that you enter the league uh, after high school, being eighteen years old, and from the rookie season, you're already. Uh, putting up numbers uh, averages like twenty per game. Like Giannis, when he entered the league, his first two seasons, he yeah, didn't yeah. really average. A project. A but
2: Luca, when he entered, uh, He was nineteen. He was nineteen, yeah, 19 and then,
0: yeah. and so. But we just he, don't see Luca playing until. That's true. He doesn't see himself playing until thirty that's eight. That's true. That's what he how he answered the question uh, about LeBron, and he said, uh, probably in, when I'm thirty eight, I see myself more in the farm. Slovenia then yeah. playing in the NBA so <laughs> but, but still you know wh- why he's that
2: why that's possible is because the scoring is increasing every year the pace is increasing every year the amount of frees are increasing mm-hmm. every year and you have Luca uh playing in this type of ba- playing this type of basketball since he came into the league so his scoring averages are al- already perfect and they are I think growing each year and so Maybe with the way basketball is going, you will see in him you will see Luke averaging even more in the next years and that, you know, could help. But that's still, you know, to beat it's still a long all shot. time oh, yeah. Yeah. scoring record, you need to not have injuries, serious injuries,
1: and you need to play at least until Here You need to have this goal to have your son playing together on the same and team. And
0: honestly, in this uh, answer you all also put an answer to the question about the goat after 20 years, we will have new goats, we'll have a new era. We will, we are yeah. already talking about Janis, Luka, and, and Jokic. So, in 20 years, it will be a different discussion. We will have different players with different accolades, titles. And, what and will so, so, what will be the question
2: after 20 years? What will the question be? So is it LeBron or Luca or Jokic or, Giannis, or yeah. is it MJ or Jannis? It all or depends Jokic. On, on on championships. On, <laughs> no, honestly, we have to
0: decide this one right now <laughs> <laughs> because when you have this narrative about the best player, you always talk not only about his skills uh, but how many rings he has. So that's important. Yeah. And honestly, I don't rule out LeBron James still having a push mm. on a contender. Not right now, with the way the Lakers are, but who knows, he's probably going to play at least two more years.
1: Yeah, let's appreciate the greatness we're witnessing. Amazing. Uh, Odrus has a question. Uh, if Andolo makes the playoffs in fifth or fifth to eighth place, do you think they make the Final Four? Personally, I think they have an advantage playing only one game instead of series. Mm. Do they?
0: I'm not so sure. Mm. I'm Not so sure. Uh, well, again, Man, it depends mm. on who 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 will they face. It's not about the fifth seed or sixth seed. It's more about who you're facing.
2: How I would probably, and as I think right now, I would probably agree that the way they're playing this year, they have an advantage if they play one game. I'm not buying that they can play good for a series. I just don't see, I mean, 20-plus games have passed. The habits I see on the court... Uh, haven't changed from the start of the season and uh, you know, yeah everyone is saying they will flip the switch once the playoff comes but uh, I'm not sure you can do that when you play in this way for 30 games and then just, okay, now it's the playoffs we have to turn up. I don't know. I don't know if you can do that for 5 games straight, for 3 games straight,
0: whatever the opponent might be. Okay, but if we have 5 teams, for example, that are possible opponents for FS, Mm -hmm. that's Olympiacos, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Monaco, and maybe Fenerbahce. So out of these five, I would take FS over Fenerbahce and Monaco. Yeah, me too. True. I w- probably would take them over Barcelona, uh, but I wouldn't take them over Olympiacos, and I probably wouldn't take them over Real Neither Madrid. Real Madrid.
1: Although for me, it looks like they all should be like game five series.
0: Yeah, probably. They're so close. Probably.
1: What's, what's interesting that so far they're one and three uh, playing away with the top five teams. And last year they actually beat Milan uh, without having a home advantage, but Milan had a Milan lot had of injuries, so it injuries. was a different conversation. It was a good matchup for them to sneak into the Final Four, so it depends only on the matchups, not uh, seeds. And uh, Odris has another question. Check out places to stay in Konos for the Final Four weekend on Booking.com. Which one would you recommend? Some are quite creative and funny, in my opinion.
2: Stay in Vilnius and just make a trip to Kaunas.
1: Yeah. I've heard that, I didn't check, but I've heard that Vilnius prices are way better than Kaunas, and it's not that far away. You can jump on, on the train and in one hour you're basically in, in the arena. Train,
2: car, share, car sharing, bus. Uh, yeah.
0: The train station is like 15 minutes uh, walk from, yeah. from, from, from the, the arena. arena. So uh, I would also go for the option. Uh, When we were covering Jatger's games, uh, I would always travel by train and they would have a late train back to Vilnius after the game and it was so comfortable. I think it's the better option because uh, when you check the prices for hotels in Konas during that (laughs) weekend, they're so inflated. It's very expensive, honestly. Unless you have some friends you can crash in their place, Mm. that would be fun obviously because there will be a lot of basketball fans and to enjoy the nightlife in between games probably will be fun.
1: Yeah, you should stay somewhere in the Old Town, I think, Vilnius Old Town. A lot of great bars, nightclubs, and I really believe that during the Final Four they will do something about the train schedules to make more trains after games. They should, pretty sure. I'm sure that it, it will be like that, so... I really recommend checking Vilnius instead of going to some super expensive or shitty areas of, of Kaunas. Janut Georgescu. Hello, guys. I would love to hear your take on the rise of Paulus Matiūnas. From a pre- press officer to the president and shareholder of Zalgiris, and how a disaster, the departure of Romanov, who left the club in debts, was shifted to become an opportunity, especially for Paulus due to his approach on managing currently correctly Žalgirio uh, Arena. Basically, from we. From, we save it, we run it. That's actually great story. I mean, one of the <laughs> most greatest yearly success stories, because Polus was invited to work as the media officer by former Žalgrys GM, Guinness Rutkowskas. And I remember even Polus told that he didn't have any clue about how media should work, what he should do. So it was just a first job for him to do. And he, he wasn't very comfortable with it. But he was into basketball. Yeah, he was he was always into basketball, and I think that his he has mentioned he played for the Vadoo uh, University, University for many team. years. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I even remember we had this journalist tournament game against. Lithuanian Basketball Federation team. Paulus Matinos was on that team, and the Sabonis was on that team, and we won that game after the game winner from the half court. Oh, I over remember that Sabonis.
0: shot. That shot went I mean, sort of viral. It was Wives. better than
1: Derek Sharp shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to, to, to be real, I think that Paulus story is an example of some loyal and humble worker of basketball club who, okay, he got this position, but he always was looking for something more. I mean, how to help the team in some different ways. And of course, if that tragedy didn't happen, probably Ghost would have go uh, different. But basically, he was the only guy uh, who took responsibility to run the club, who was about to go bankrupt. And I think that he was risking on some, you know, institutional things as a director of the organization, which goes to bank- bankrupt. So nobody wanted to take over the team. So he took over, he found a plan, uh, how to try to solve those, uh, debts. It took many years, it took many difficult conversations, uh, with players to find those, those, uh, agreements and somehow he managed uh, to pull that out of course that deal with the arena that they, they they had the contract with the arena to basically run the arena for 20 years i think helped a lot uh to, to survive uh, for Jalgiris. and basically he both him and either sabonis they basically became shareholders so it's its a lot of coincidences but at the same time a lot of hustle uh hungriness uh for for paulus Matiunas and
0: with Shara's becoming the head coach and you really having this new format yeah. the sold out era began. Yeah. 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 And
2: yeah. that that how they say the organization. how they say you don't get like people don't get lucky they put themselves in positions to get lucky. Yeah. They get them b- themselves b- ready. But did exactly that. I mean just yeah. taking taking that taking Jalgiris from all the, all the depths and and then uh you know managing the club the right way and and having the patience to see the, to see the team grow. That to me, that's probably the most uh, astonishing thing mm. about his from rise:
0: press officer to basically club owner. It's that's like, that's one of you know one of the most underrated you, you stories. You could make in your documentary, it, it, I think, about a, yeah, about that. It's a big thing, honestly. It's like Eric Spolstra from video coordinator to the most respected NBA head coach right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. there
2: was that photo about him, like I think nineteen ninety nine. Supposed to working walking at, working as the with, video coordinator with the tapes with with the tapes yeah. yeah and then just him standing on the sidelines.
1: Yeah, the second question. 10-15 years later. The second question by Yonut: uh, the hidden fi- hidden figures of Urlic, people who are not in the spotlight. I would name I would name some examples, especially from the front office. And if you can comment and continue with other examples, staff, front office, or ownership. So, Alfredo Salazar for recruiting the backcourt uh, of Bosconia. Cechu mulero for making Valencia a perennial Euro Cup champion and a very competitive opponent this year Avi Evan next GM of Maccabi, probably the ultimate multiplayer
0: mm. do you have any
1: other names who you think they deserve more
0: credit um I'm not sure about other names but I could expand about what what was mentioned like avi Evan right now is creating a sort of Real Madrid environment in Maccabi with these long-term contract extensions they're doing with Zoe Brown, with Roman Sorkin and probably their are I Mavicum. was so surprised with
1: uh, Lorenzo's extension.
0: Not too many clubs do that in Europe and can afford that. Basically, it was just Real Madrid. And Olympiacos. Were you, you surprised? Years? From his part or from Maccabi's
1: part? From um, from Maccabi, it's obvious. From his part, having Spanish passports, basically you become eligible to, to lead teams like Real Madrid. Why are you were
2: surprised from their part?
1: Uh, I'm not surprised from their part. For Maccabi, it's obvious move. You you yeah. sign Lorenzo Brown for so as you're long surprised as with
0: Lorenzo signing it? Yeah. But I mean, they give you a contract till 2026. You're safe but I thought that you're a in veteran, summer, player. he was already under the contract for
1: the next year as well, but in, in summer you might have more options to go for Madrid if they they will go crazy about some moves of the new head coach. But, I mean, he's the best, one of the probably top three point guard
0: in the League market, but he will always have options. He's uh, 31 right now, I believe, or, 30 be 32. or 32. Yeah, yeah. And when, you, when mm. you're happy in a club, in an environment like Tel Aviv, and they give you a three-year extension, but, to, but to happiness in
1: Tel Aviv is always related to the season. Scotty will was also very happy at first, and then a lot of ch- things have changed. So, but if I'm a thirty-two year old uh,
0: veteran point guard, I'm signing. I that. mean, I'm, I mean, that I'm not. That's a great, c-
2: great city, great place to live. Uh, if you're happy, you you have the keys to the team. You're leading that team. You're playing the best basketball of, of your career. You know, yeah. excluding the. Eurobasket tournament.
1: It's not like Lorenzo is losing in this situation, of course. uh, Bigger paycheck, long-term deal, great city, Tel Aviv, uh, great organization, great fans, but probably depends on his priorities. If he wants to put himself in a position to win, of course, Real Madrid, for instance, is that club that puts you in a better situation to, to win. All the NBA environment around you, the contract they, they may offer. I mean, I still think that Madrid would be the better case for him. But of course, we're talking about just basically one team, uh,
0: probably, so... Kobe can be contenders with the right moves. And with what they are doing right now, long-term contracts, I could see them being contenders next season. This season, they are playoff contenders, but not title contenders but I do believe they have everything to, to build a solid championship-caliber team. Wade Baldwin is playing like he wants uh, also an extension. And there are <laughs> talks about him extending mm. his contract, right? Yeah, His performances when Lorenzo got injured are amazing, really. Uh, and the other people mentioned, obviously, Basconia, for years they are the team that find these hidden gems and players that Uh, after having an amazing career. um, Yeah, later go on to be EuroLeague stars. I I once built a roster of former Bosconia players that are currently playing in EuroLeague, and I actually had to leave out some big names because not everybody fit in a 12-man roster, but you have Shane Larkin, you have Mike James, you have uh, Ronnie Bobois, you have Toco Shengelia so many players. I mean, and, even from the current wow. players, you know, Marcus Howard, Pierre Henry. Mm. Darius Thompson. Darius Thompson. Matt Costello is going to have a... He's having a good career, but I yeah. believe he will have uh, another big contract in, in the upcoming year. So they're doing something special, really. Yeah, I would also mention... Barcelona assistant
1: coach Thomas Masulis. I'm hearing a lot of great feedback about about him. He's super important to uh, Shulna coaching staff and he was already doing a great job in, when he was working in Zsargiris. He started from the youth team and he was doing incredible uh, stuff with, with Jalgiris, uh youth team. Then, I mean, probably we don't need to mention people like Mauricio Gerardini and uh, how he changed the culture in Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce was never that much respected team in, in Europe. They weren't winning organization. Before he joined, of course, there was Jelko Bradović, but I mean, Gardine built the culture. He showed it know-how and now they're just uh, continue to follow. Um, shout out to Rokas Miskevičius, uh, Lithuanian working for Monaco team. They have a very uh, small uh, front office. So basically Rokas Miskevičius is a man orchestra who covers a lot of daily but necessary stuff uh, in Monaco and uh, they're lot of Funny stories about him being, you know, sleepless, always drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes. So we wish health to Rokas because he's just putting a lot of energy uh, for Monaco to build up the reputation uh, in the EuroLeague. Uh, I would say Daniele Boies is a brilliant sports director with enormous basketball knowledge. Uh, he's working for uh, Bayern Munich. And I also love their GM, Marco Pesic, very innovative leader of an organization. Also, shout out to Alba Berlin and their sports director, Himar Ojeda, another great basketball hunter because he kind of found. Uh, uh, Eddie Tavares, I mean, he just started his career in Gran Canaria. Uh, and then now you see players like Chris Kumaje, who was also followed closely by Oyeda. He's he's always going to these tournaments and states to check for, for the next uh, uh, rising stars uh, in the Euroleague. And of course, they're giving this crazy platform for Alba Berlin in the Euroleague. Um, I think that Jakub Sekiskov, uh, FS assistant coach, deserves a lot of uh, credit. Uh, we all see only Ergin Ataman uh, in that team, but I think that Jakub Sekiskov uh, is that hard worker who put, makes a lot of uh, work that we don't see. Uh, and actually, uh, rest our uh, GM, probably one of the youngest uh, GMs in the EuroLeague, Nemanja Vasiljevic, He's a very competitive guy very aggressive, pushing some ideas. He has many ideas how Year league could develop and, and could work. So he's, his interesting name, uh, from the front office. And I'm definitely missing somebody else because there are a lot of people that we don't see because I also think that it's related to the fact that, uh, we have too many untold stories in the League because of the exposure that the league doesn't get. And that's what we we are actually trying to do as basket news, uh, website, both on this podcast or on some other stories to show the not just those heroes we saw on a weekly basis, but who are working, uh, behind the scenes. And the last question by Jonut: uh, what's the future of EuroCup in your perspective, Champions League became already a better competition and a better product, in my opinion, the kindergarten of your league status is not enough anymore.
2: Sad future, I would say. If, uh, you know, listening to your interview, Marshall Glickman said that Euroleague is probably going to expand. And so, what are you going to do? Are you going to take some teams that are from the Euro Cup and then then what's left, you know, from the names there in the Euro Cup? And I don't know, the, with the way Champions League are working, especially with their marketing, um, you know, I don't hear when I'm not searching for Euro Cup or Champions League I don't hear anything about the Euro Cup but I hear or I see something about the Champions League almost almost you know on 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 a weekly basis so
1: I, th- uh, I think it's also pretty easily explained Champions League is the main product of FIBA and your league's main product is your league so Eurocup is just a secondary uh, thing. Uh, they're not putting a lot of uh, investments in that uh, tournament. Yeah, but
2: that's why that, that's why you know, and you get this result that that people are saying right now. You know, asking questions like, you know, uh, FIBA Champions League are already a better product in in my eyes. Uh, so you know, not taking basketball level level there. Mm, yeah, I think uh, Champions League has a brighter
0: future than Eurocup. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but. Anyways, this second European tournament will, will always be dominated by the Spanish teams. And if you, like, uh, cancel EuroCup, then you add Joventud Badalona to the FIBA Champions League or and Gran Canaria, and you have <laughs> even more Spanish teams in the FIBA Champions League, and almost every year one of those teams will, will win the title. But I do agree that um, EuroCup is becoming... More and more unnecessary every single mm-hmm. year, and they're experimenting a lot with the format. They have this ten terrible team regular season, and after that, just one game playoffs knockout tournament, basically, which I don't really like. Uh, so right now, Euro Cup is still kind of relevant because it gives you a Euroleague spot. But honestly, as a product, as a basketball competition, it's Every single year, it's getting lower and lower and lower. And I believe for for the whole landscape of European basketball, it would be healthier to just have a strong second competition. And in this case, probably under FIBA's flag. Like you have the EuroLeague and you have the FIBA Champions League as a rivaling league or the second league in in Europe. Mm. And EuroCup is just destined to be somewhere in between. I I don't think that EuroCup is going to last much longer. Especially if they're
1: going to expand. I mean, war was a game changer for them because basically they lost a couple of very strong Russian teams, then a lot of EuroCup powerhouses like uh, Partizan, okay. Virtus uh, went to the EuroLeague. Uh, some other clubs, including uh, Monaco. So taking out the best teams uh, of the competition, it would be the same if we would exclude top five of the EuroLeague teams right now. The level, the competition, the and the standard would be also uh, a bit uh, different. But I agree with Ritis. I, I also think that it would be just a bit clearer to have EuroLeague. Yeah, and then we have the secondary uh, not only competition; they're also doing FIBA EuroCup, but the the whole pyramid would be more clear and understandable for basketball fans in Europe. Because to follow all those tournaments, I mean, then they have those Northern Europe uh, leagues. It's just
2: there is not enough, unnecessary confusion. There is not enough attention to basketball in Europe to have four tournaments mm-hmm. international on international level in Europe, and you know it's better to have. Less of them, but with more quality. And to have four of them, you know, some teams are not even participating in the fourth one because they are not seeing the economic, uh, you know, investment being worth it. You know, they're saying we're not, we are trying, we are trying to get to the Champions League, FIBA Champions League, through the qualifying. But if we are, if we don't qualify, we don't want to play in the in the FIBA Eurocup because it just doesn't make sense to us. Nobody. Nobody will are going to come watch games, and the cost of participating mm. is just going to be bigger than than what we are going to get. So, um, to me, it's just too many tournaments, and it, it's better. It would be better to have two. That's it.
1: Tudor uh, Minku or Minsu. Hello, I just joined the community, and I'm glad to be part of it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Tudor. Here are some questions. Maybe you'll find some interesting topics. So, which is the biggest rivalry in EuroLeague history, both on team level and maybe even between players?
0: I'd say Panathinaikos and Olympiacos because yeah. they have been rivals for decades and we have seen both of these teams on the rise and on the fall. Uh, whether you take the 90s, the '00s, the 10s, Because the Belgrade derby, as people said to us, it's it's the eternal Eternal derby, derby. they call it, is just becoming relevant now in in, in Euroleague's context. I'm not saying locally, but in Euroleague context. And Olympiakos Panetnikos has always been there. Mm. And we know the titles of these teams. We know how great power was under Jelko Bradovic. We know what Olympiakos did with uh, Duda Ivkovic. So, yeah, I would take those Greek teams. But
1: between players? I'm not sure. I don't know,
0: we don't really have these.
2: There's no such type of no thing in No Kobe, here in LeBron,
0: LeBron, no Magic, Larry Bird, Michael We Jordan, don't have stories. these rivalries in People, uh,
2: Players don't have interactions, uh, you know, in this way
1: on social There's media. There's only a rivalry I know <laughs> is between Wade Baldwin and Brandon Paul, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and Will Cherry. Yeah, probably that's the biggest rivalry we Last have. Last
0: season we had some sort of rivalry between Kostas <laughs> Papanikolaou and Wayne Bacon in, yeah. a, in a playoff series. You can see that Lerenzakis, Mike James is becoming a thing as <laughs> well. Yeah, but that's, well. that's just matchups. Like. Yeah. It, it's good that you mentioned like Magic and Bird because that was the whole era yeah. of, ba- of basketball. How enabled up their it brand. was Magic versus Bird. You make documentaries about Magic versus Bird not necessarily Lakers versus Celtics, but Magic versus Bird. In mm. Europe, it doesn't go like that. And it, Team, it's, it, teams. It, it's also related to the fact that many players are usually under one year contract or one plus one. They they will look for a better contract in the free agency. And it's it's more about teams because roster changes drastically over the years. Mm. You don't have players with like five or six year contracts being in a position to create his own legacy, it, it rarely happens, you
2: know? People And people don't change the teams they support uh, according to their favorite player, you know? Yeah. yeah. Everyone has the team, mm. and the team is above anything else. Very rarely you see, you know, fans that have, I don't know, uh, supporting Vasily Mitic for, to, t- to take an example and, you know, supporting Jalgris and then supporting uh, Adolo Efesi. Like, who is doing that in, in Europe? The His th- friends
1: only. <laughs> yeah. The second question, which was your favorite coach, player, executive to interview so far? I'll try to be quick. Uh, I, Of course, I forgot a lot of interviews I made. Trinkieri. Carry from the coaching standpoint, Mike James, I think he has so many thoughts about the game, and usually he goes against the flow, so it's always uh, entertaining, entertaining to And from the executive side, I really loved how innovative was Marco Pesic, and Mauricio Gardin is always like an open book, you just read and soak all, all the information. Uh, Uroš, another BN Plus member, has a question about uh, Maccabi. Didn't Blad himself help Maccabi build this team, unlike previous Maccabi rosters, where Nikola Vyčić's teams had heavy centers and old-fashioned play style? I wouldn't say that Maccabi, even with Vujic, was old-fashioned. They were always like American-style basketball uh, approach uh, teams. Whether... They just
0: had Ante Žižić.
1: Yeah, but it's not like it's normal to have one center. Yeah, like that. basically all yearly teams has one traditional uh center. But yeah, Blad's impact was higher because he joined the front office. Uh, let's say in the last uh, summer. Let's let's go through the public questions we have because we're running out of time a little bit. So let's be quicker with those. Uh, Once again, join BN Plus community on com slash plus. We have some great offers uh, uh, to join this community and be on the priority list whenever we come up with the Q&A episode. So, Dinktiv has a question about Dwight Howard. Which EuroLeague team would benefit the most from having Dwight Howard on their roster
0: this season? (laughs) I think EuroLeague would benefit from having Dwight Howard. But not the team. Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, if you somehow convinced Dwight to be serious about his role and to do things for the team, then maybe some teams could use him, but nah, I don't see that.
1: I can't imagine, I'm sorry. If that team is looking for getting wins, <laughs> me too, really. Fit-wise, you can think about Aswell when, you know, Laverne got injured, so they kind of need a big center, but it's, it's like, mm. I don't
2: know. Look,
1: ima- imagine Dwight uh, playing today against Bosconia. I saw some highlights. He had some crazy matchup, and he's playing in Taiwan, right? Against Sim- Taiwan. Simbular. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was like a joke video. Really,
0: it's, it didn't look like a real basketball game. <laughs> he's going to a free <laughs> point free point contest. <laughs> he's gonna participate. So, I remember once Jalgir signed Rod Strickland. I was so excited. He was thirty-nine years old. Rod Strickland didn't arrive at the airport. <laughs> And after that, he signed Kenny Anderson. He was, he was also 40. a big... Oh. <laughs> no, he wasn't 40, he okay, was a bit season, younger. He looked like a 40-year-old no, okay. Yeah, he did. But, uh, I mean, it was a pretty big NBA name, but on the court, it didn't really work. Uh, I don't know, Dwight Howard. Panath Naikos could be crazy <laughs> enough <laughs> no, to sign don't him. go there. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> Carlos Montaner uh, pero uh, I would like you taking risks and try to, to predict the eight teams at the playoffs and why you will choose them based on what has been seen so far and which ones will get close but finally you don't believe they will reach the goal. Oh so my we God. kind of Olympiacos. all agreed on top five, right? Olympiacos, Madrid, Barca, Fener, Monaco.
0: Although I'm not saying that Fener is is yeah. untouchable because they're not playing particularly great basketball for the last couple of months. True. Um, they have Actually, Monaco, uh, last, last ten games. Well. They have
1: four and six.
2: Four and six Monaco is five and five, yeah. which is uh,
1: twelve. Twelve best, and they're period. just like two wins away. It's two losses basically away from yeah. missing the playoff picture.
0: It's so hard with these top eight predictions because, like four weeks ago, you would go with Zvezda. Right now, you want yeah. to go with Partizan. And
1: then you Partizan think that maybe been playing great then you think yeah, you lately. might uh, trust Maccabi, and then they lose home game against Red Star, who you kind of thought that maybe it's time to rule them out. So and, and that was a really important game for them
2: <laughs> as well.
1: Very important game. I mean,
2: at home they were nine and one. I was writing an article yesterday about Maccabi mm. and their uh, you know homesickness, and I was like, yeah, today they are going to win against Vesda. It's a must win for them. Bam, they lose, and they have the one of the worst records of playing away, so...
0: yeah. I would still go with the six, (coughs) Olympiacos, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Monaco, Fenerbahce and Efes. I think Efes will be there. Also So then you leave these two spots and I remember in one podcast I just said Bosconi and Zvezda. I'm sticking to Bosconia. not so sure about Zvezda right now, but I'm still thinking about Campazzo coming back. That should influence uh, their game a lot. Um, Partizan
1: is a, in a great form. Nine and two in the yeah, last. Yeah, I watched games. their game yesterday. Top at uh, the best offensive rating mm-hmm. in the last ten games. Top four defense. Huge they're, adjustment they're clicking, they made. They're clicking right now. It's so hard to decide. It's true that
2: you know la- their Partizan's last games have been against Bayern, as Asvel, Zvezda, Valencia, Basconia, okay. Maccabi. So, you know. Not the top, top teams. They're going to have a but difficult still, schedule. But still, you know, they have won away three times. Uh, so now they play Alba, they have Virtus, they have Milan. But to, to finish the season, they will have Anadolu away, Olympiacos at home, Barcelona at home, Real Madrid at home, Monaco away, and Pau is their, their last game. Like at that, least at home. I mean, at least they are yeah, facing these big three, teams three at games, home.
0: Three games at home i try to be more consistent, mm. I said Bosconia, Zvezda I will try to stick to my predictions, although Zvezda lost some very important games that really hurt them, but after yesterday, they're back in business.
1: Yeah.
2: It's tough, it's tough. your predictions. Okay. Do, you have? I also do we all
0: agree on the six? Bosconia, you mean? No, I mean, uh, do we all agree on the, oh, on, on the six teams? Yeah, I, I don't know. know, I don't agree, I agree on five. So which one do you not agree F's. with? FS, you think they might not make it? I think, either
2: uh, although looking at their remaining schedule, probably changing
1: that.
0: <laughs> I think they'll do cool enough to they be at least playing pathways.
1: Veszprém the as well, right will now. be there. They're playing yeah. as well home. Then they're playing Maccabi Partizan home, Alba away, Milan home, Virtus home, Fenerbahçe away, Monaco and Madrid home. A lot of home games, four, five, six. Aswell, seven. No, they're playing away. Aswell away, right? Yeah,
2: this is where you have to start looking at the at the schedules. I mean, at least a little bit to make the predictions. If yeah. Basconia win today against Jalgris, which I think they'll do, to me they are a lock
1: mm-hmm. to, uh, to playoffs. I have, have Basconia, FS, and then I'm between Partizan and Red Star. Okay, Partizan, Reznan, and Maccabi—they will have the same amount of victories, and then it depends on head-to-heads. I believe. So I cannot control that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not answering. This, this is my question. escape. We didn't even mention Valencia, though they are. We're the Valencia—they're great. But they are in the picture. They were ninth and
1: two years ago as well, so they're kind of underrated Let's competitors. Let's look at their uh, schedule real
2: quick. Power away. Olympia Kos, w- away, Milan, Real Madrid, Fenner, Monaco, Zvezda Jalgaris,
0: Virtus, Barcelona. Uh. It's doable, it's hard, but Valencia is also more or less a home team, yeah. like Maccabi. Even though they are seven and six at home and five and five away.
2: Damn, five they five have five. a tough yeah. schedule. Man. Oh,
0: that's that's not bad. I thought I honestly thought that was different.
2: To me, uh, this is different conversation, guys. Okay. Olympiacos, Real Madrid, Barcelona. Fener is going to make it. Monaco for sure. Bosconia six. Partizan seventh, And Adolif oh, is eighth. Oh, so you include F Fs right now? Okay. I, I looked at their schedule and I think. Ah, uh,
1: okay. Uh... Rosmin, top three players that you would transfer any year-league player to Lithuanian national team if there are no passport issues with available players. So we will agree <laughs> on Mike James, <laughs> then Keenan Evans. Just can, can we have Lorenzo
0: Brown as well? If nope, he's, no. he's... It's it's just... He's Spanish, Point guards, ball handlers. Exactly, <laughs> scores. You know what? Uh, yesterday, uh, we were broadcasting the Lithuanian women's national team and I've talked with my colleague... That in Lithuania, it doesn't even matter men or women, youth teams, senior teams. It's always the same problem, ball handlers. It's always the problem that when we face these physical teams, we will have a lot of turnovers. So when you need to pick a player that could improve a Lithuanian basketball team, you would always pick a point guard, a ball handler, a combo guard. Whatever, but somebody that can actually handle the ball.
2: Even though the situation is getting better, but the damage was done, uh, you know, in, in the, the year, in the past, in the yeah. years, in the years before. But you know, the development of players in Lithuania have been, you know, changed a little bit. The the way uh, you know kids have been coached lately, they, they come with much more skill. Uh, you know, they emphasize dribbling. They emphasize footwork much more, and because and because you know, twenty years ago, f- ten years ago, it was much more just you know win that game when you were fourteen years
1: old. And you have one big guy, you know, in front. You're just yeah. Your if game you, to if, if, you are, uh, if
2: you are if you uh, are one ninety and mm. you are fourteen years old, uh, you're not going to play with the ball. You're going to set screens, and that's you know stops your development as a potential uh, tall ball handler, which is now you Know the main topic uh, in basketball, so that's 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 sad that we had to we are going through this right now for the last 10 years, but we can't really change the past, I guess.
1: Uh, Pure Hain, since you've commented Red Star a lot, a situation with compass on your league sanction, do you know that partisans under bad sanction at the moment? And how is it possible that no one is asking you questions about that? Whether they lie to your league that they don't have debts? Uh, Man, things in Serbia is, are just. sensitive. Um, yeah, I checked. Uh, I tried to address those questions. Uh, and we all see that officially they had some bad cases with Stefan Jankovic and Nemanja Gordic, their former players. They have won uh, FIBA ban. But I think that the main difference is that these awards uh, came out only a month ago. So basically, it's not like they were in debt it's, it's it's the same like killer is not sentenced as a killer before you know final court decision so when there's final court decision mm. you can treat him uh, as a killer so the same in basketball okay they were uh, they were sued uh, on bats but until the final decision came it was not clear if they have debts or not so mm. now they, they they have to pay those players uh, some amount of money, uh, Jankovic is getting less, uh, Gordic is getting a huge amount of money. But the thing is, that, and I think that the main difference, I don't I don't know how it was exactly particularly with Red Star because even the EuroLeague is not disclosing what happened about hidden stuff that was not declared. But uh, the thing with partisan is that once the judgment is done and they get the ban, they ask for, uh, for installments Uh, straight away to to start paying those debts so they kind of have debt but they have this agreement uh, to pay the money in installments and it's different it's basically a covered case Uh, unless you don't uh, follow the agreement and you don't pay after the second or third uh, payment Uh, so basically this is it with partisan that's why their case is Mm. uh, different right now I don't know if they will get any ban from the EuroLeague, because now they have this official FIBA ban, uh, but if they will do all the paperwork uh, properly, and the EuroLeague will see that okay, the pay, uh, debts are going to be paid, I mean, it's, I think it's not the case.
2: I just hope one day we won't have to talk about uh,
1: these such kind of things in Europe. Neither in EuroLeague or yeah. any other competition. It's a big, big uh, shame of European basketball. Uh, Dr. Red should really reconsider the position of Alba Berlin. I mean, they're not even competitive.
0: Well, maybe right now they're not. It's not like they're a bad organization. I think it's not normal to have two German teams. German is one of the priority markets for the Euroleague, so... They're hosting Final Four. They already hosted and they will be hosting in the future. So, I mean... They're somebody, the only. Platform. Somebody has
2: to be bad. I mean, and, you
1: know, and and they're bad also because they have the lowest budget in the year league, but they're also the, probably the best platform from young and up and coming players to get some year league experience
0: because young players, they're not playing in the year league. And they had a lot of injuries, honestly. I think uh, they, they would have a True. better record if, if not for those injuries. Um, I think it's fine. We have two German teams, they're different teams one season Alba will be more competitive, like, like last year, this season, it just happens to be a bad year for them. I mean, after last season we could say, shouldn't we reconsider Zalgiris? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I said
2: somebody has to be bad. I meant somebody has to be last, you know? Yeah, ah, true. I it's, know, it's, I know, I get it's it.
1: Like... Actually, I checked the regular season record from the last three years. So actually the last team is Panathinaikos. Should we reconsider their position in the league? I doubt it.
2: I really doubt do it. They have, we shouldn't.
1: Do they have good organization like Alba? Uh, that's another, another topic. No, I'm kidding. Sometimes Just, they do, sometimes yeah. they don't. Yeah. <laughs> then there's uh, Panathinaikos has 28 wins, Oswald has 29, Alba 30, Red Star 33, Jarlikud is 37, 37, and then the list goes on. Uh, so... I'm perfectly fine with Alba Berlin, honestly. And I'm perfectly fine with all teams we have in the EuroLeague at the moment. Right now we
0: do have Mm -hmm. a very good lineup. That's true. In the league. Imagine the
2: EuroLeague had some kind of uh, format, you know, it's a closed league, but we count wins in the last five seasons and who has the least amount of wins in five seasons are stripped of the license and then a new (laughs) team comes in. That's the only way how you can move in or move out of the EuroLeague. (laughs) Because you, you, if you get in, you have a five-year guarantee that you're going to be in this league and, you know, you can attract sponsors.
0: I mean, and in the fifth year, <laughs> GMs would go all in, yeah. knowing that mm-hmm. this is the season where we must overachieve. Yeah. That's how it was before. And teams like Jarges they
1: were going over their budget, actually. Because they had to win... Deaths
0: in three-year cycle in the local league to to be in the EuroLeague. LKL counted and Cup
1: counted, I think. It was a big rivalry. It was a mess. It was actually not as aggressive, but a lot of mess like we have in Belgrade right now. We have all these owners going at each Mm -hmm. other publicly. We had the same with Romanovas and I remember that
0: basically the system was so difficult to understand that we had this one season when Neptunas made it to the LKL finals finals. And then... We needed Besiktas ah. to beat somebody and in somebody Turkey and to Valencia yeah. to do something in Spain so that Neptunas move somewhere in these coefficient standings. So that, that there's a spot in the And Euroleague, they actually. go to the EuroLeague. Yeah. And mm. you're sitting there thinking, who am I rooting for? <laughs> what, what needs to happen? Why do these results affect the future of, of this club from click yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was just too mesmerizing I would say Neptuna's fans just watching a random Turkish league game yeah. <laughs>
1: on a Thursday night uh danius rumsha our colleague let's say there is a statistic which would measure the impact hustle deflections getting on the nerves of opponents leader of the players with the last amount with the, the least, least amount of minutes spent on the court who would be your pick to be at the top of the year league the least amount of minutes hmm.
2: I was thinking about Thomas Walkup before the least amount of minutes.
0: Yeah, Walkup has plenty of uh, plenty plenty of minutes. Laranzakis. I, I thought about Branko
2: Lazic. John for Brown, sure. maybe. Lazarevic. Lazarevic. Yeah. John Brown plays a lot. Yeah.
1: So Lazic maybe it's too many minutes. But Lazic
2: also plays twenty minutes. He just you don't see him on the court for twenty minutes because mm. on offense he doesn't do much. But on defense he is all all over you mm-hmm. all the time. Um.
0: We don't have too many impact players. Yamadar, but does he do many deflections?
2: No, he's dirty he's, work. No, he's getting getting on the nerves of the point guards. I would say mm-hmm. he's irritating. Defender. Uh, who else is there?
1: Paris Lee, but you know, also sometimes he's off. I mean, sometimes he's really sometimes he's but sometimes off, but sometimes, sometimes he off.
2: wins you a game in the third quarter alone against true, true, True. Just because of, you know, the other point guard can True, true, Kent. true.
1: And I loved him in Monaco. I mean, he, mm. he was a great fit. What else do we have? We already have a solid top five, so... Just we don't have that top of the top. Uh, short Virtus question by Marco Zambelli. Hi guys from Bologna, what do you think about Virtus season so far? And do you think we can reach the playoffs? It's a very bad
0: timing to ask about Virtus. <laughs> true. <laughs> Yesterday... Is... True. <laughs> The game was unwatchable. I don't know. To me, like, they're too old school. In some games, it works for them, playing this uh, game of mismatches. But in other games, you're thinking they're too old school. And basically, that's why I don't see them in the top eight. Although with Mm. Scariolo's uh, tactics, they break some games, they get some solid wins. Sometimes you're thinking that... uh, they are quality and and sometimes Miloš Teodosic does something very impressive, but I don't think they'll be in the playoffs and after yesterday's game, it's it's such a bad timing to talk about Virtus, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's
2: true. I mean, you never know, like um, when I when I see Virtus game, I'm like, okay, wh- wh- what I'm getting t- today. You, you never know, like, you know, Maccabi at home, you know what to expect. Virtus doesn't matter where they play, away or at home. You just never know what to expect today. And to me, uh, this consistency has been has been lacking. Uh, it's great that Milos turns is turning back the clock because at the start of the season, they were lacking a, a ball handler, a playmaker uh, really badly, and, and their offense was hardly watchable. Yeah. Uh, but lately they are better, it's just that yesterday wasn't the best evening for mm-hmm. them.
0: Although I don't think that playing so much post-up game in modern basketball works in the long run. It might work in, true. in, in some games, but in the long run I think their uh, strategy of just uh, playing through mismatches all the time, posting players from different positions, it's just kind of hard to watch, and maybe for next season, uh, they need to move the, the roster. But they're playing this way because you know that's what they have. The coach yeah. plays with what he has, yeah. So I agree with the that. Coach yeah.
2: to the Coach plays to the strengths of the team, so for sure, yeah.
1: I think they're just still a relatively young organization, okay. Their historical name, but the all the people working behind, uh they're still young and inexperienced, uh, talking about the biggest year league level. And and we're talking about a team which is still only one way w- win away from the top eight. At the same time, they're suffering a lot from those bad contracts that they had to sign to win the Euro Cup three years ago with Blinelli with Teodosic. So uh, as soon as they will have a chance to reshape uh, the roster, more flexibility in summer, uh, we might see a different picture. I believe they're Rintosu- n-
2: they're not far away from making the playoffs this year already. and couple of signings in the yeah. summer would would make them a solid contender yeah. to, to, for
1: the playoffs. Uh, and just the last question by Alex Angela uh, Who had the idea of the basket news and if you could yeah. make one change in the EuroLeague, what it would be? So just to be short, probably the Jonas Miklovas was the main initiator of this basketnews.com project because he was doing, he and his whole team, they were doing a great job in Lithuania. Basketnews is the biggest website in Lithuania. And it actually became kind of a cult, especially with the subscribers' army. They have over 4,000 active subscribers. And we just fought traveling all around the EuroLeague uh, since Shurna Sisikiewicz took over both him, me, and some other colleagues. We traveled all around Europe and we noticed how nobody cares about the EuroLeague. Uh, Sometimes we, as foreign journalists, we were more active in the practice sessions of the biggest teams of the EuroLeague. And then, throughout our experience with World Cups, EuroBaskets, we saw that there's a huge niche that should be filled in Europe, speaking of Mar- uh, media uh, platform, which could unite whole European basketball community because the whole European basketball is split in a lot of local uh, media outlets. And if you're foreigner or if you want to track as a Lithuanian, other teams closely, and if you're a f- American player or you're a family member, there's basically, unless you have to be great at Google Translator, it's it's really hard to do. So we found this niche. We we gathered great people around uh, who can make this product great, and we're still pushing uh, for it uh, to reach our goals. And yeah, the next part about the about the Euroleague change, who would you have for this one 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 thing?
0: Playoff Brad. series. The, 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 the simple answers. Uh, I want playoff series. I the want quarterfinals to, to final series. Yeah, I, mean, I want mm-hmm. proper playoffs, not just the quarterfinals. Uh, the final four format has been okay and when we had this basket news retro we've agreed that it made the league more fair because Cezca was just too powerful. But right now we're not so sure who's gonna make the top 8, we're not sure if the current champions will be in the top 8, so honestly I I do believe that in the semi-final and in the final you would also have great series best of 5 but we have this issue with the schedule, with the national championships. There are too many games played and if you put even more games on on the schedule and if you expand the league to to more teams, you have a problem, obviously. Other than that, I'm not so sure. I wouldn't change anything about the competition format, except except the playing tournament. that the easiest. The 10th spot should give you something, a chance to make it to the postseason. Anything else?
2: No, no, I was about to say the playing tournament.
1: Yeah. You should call a cab already. We're out of time. <laughs> and that's a wrap of our Q&A podcast. Thank you all for all the questions. of for those who we didn't have time to answer, but I believe that we answered uh, most of them. One more time, join basketnews.com slash plus, BN Plus members community to have a lot of extra features. And the simplest thing you can do actually, just press like button below this video, subscribe our channel, 50% of our viewers, they're not subscribers of our channel, which is a crime because not just, they're just missing the <laughs> podcast, but some great recaps of games, uh, o- augusta's uh, video analysis, some great stories, BN uh, retro, uh project is about to come up uh this week already because we're i don't think
0: shaming people is gonna
1: work <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're okay. not gonna attract more let's subscribers try. Let's by try. shaming this people. this time <laughs> we're shaming people the next week we will do some some other <laughs> strategies let's see how it works thank you all for supporting us beyond plus members thank you all for watching us uh, asking those questions and just uh being with us uh, together on this ride